just stay up here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the Gospel today, we have that reading that we hear on each feast day of the Panagia, which is the reading of Mary and Martha. We should all be very aware of this Gospel reading because we hear it so much throughout the year. And our own Philoptikos is named after Mary and Martha. And in that gospel reading, the reason why that gospel reading is appointed is not because that's the same Mary that's his mother, but because the role of Mary in that gospel is the same as his own mother, which is to dwell in God, to be fully overtaken by God and have God as the singular focus. In one of the hymns last night, and many times in the hymns of the, to the Panagia, they talk about Moses and being on Mount Sinai and seeing the burning bush. And that burning bush being an archetype of the Panagia. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen an actual forest fire, but fire is pretty intense. And it causes much damage and destruction. And that bush was consumed by the fire and yet untouched by the fire. It's a great paradox. And this is in the same way that the Panagia is because she received something that should have consumed her. Remember with Moses, he couldn't even see God's face because God said, anyone who sees my face will die. So I'll show you my backside as I'm leaving away from you. But she had all the fullness of God within her and yet was not consumed. And so her life was a life of devotion to God. There's a beautiful reading uh, quote this morning in the, the daily readings. This is from Blessed Moses of Mount Athos. He says of the Panagia, She does not complain, is not stressed, has no fear, and is not in a hurry. That already puts her very different from where I am. She has abandoned herself to the divine will and has identified her will with the divine will. It's a very important point. Our path of theosis is that we become like one will because our will is so completely in line with God's will. She lives in paradise freely as Eve did before the fall. She has no worries, no misfortunes, no superficialities, no reservations, and no ulterior motives. She has completely and honorably and joyfully given herself to God. This is why Mary, the all-virtuous Panagia, is significant, exceptional, amazing, and extraordinarily unique. Now he is giving all of these laudations and praises to the Panagia, which are completely fitting. But I'll add one more thing. That's what all of us are called to. As much as Mary was the burning bush, the prefigurement of the burning bush was fulfilled in her, we too can become that burning bush, totally consumed by God's divine energies, his graces, and his will, so that our will becomes his will, rather than our will being something separate from him, and so many times against his will. So as we celebrate the Panagia, it's truly a celebration of what the fullness of humanity can be and what each and every one of us can be, to degrees, as much as we can. But we still aim for that. 
A lot of times I hear this in confessions about I should, what I should be, where I should be. I should be this, but I'm not. I should be that, but I'm not. And we have to abandon that. There's no should be. There's only a goal, and that goal is right before us. That goal is infinitely far. So we could say, I should be the Panagia. And then we might laugh inside of ourselves. But that's the only should that there is. Our goal is complete and utter abandonment to God. And anything short of that means I'm not there yet. And I may never get there in this life. So we need to abandon our shoulds and rather say, I want to be like the Panagia. And I'll keep on pursuing that, and I'll keep on pursuing that until my final breath. With no expectation, but simply wholehearted giving ourselves over. And this brings us back to Mary and the Gospel. This is how we must be. Completely devoted to our Lord. So that that is the one thing needful. That's the one thing that we do. And then everything else receives its fullness from God. Through the prayers of the Panagia, Lord Jesus Christ, our God, have mercy on us and save us. I'd like to offer one other word. And this is something completely different and separate. We talk about the church being the ark of salvation, the church being a place of healing. The church is indeed the place where we seek healing. We come here when we have trials, when we have tribulations, when we have sicknesses. We come to the church for healing. This is the dwelling place of God, and that's why we come here. His grace abounds here within the church. So I must ask your forgiveness, because I treated this as no different than a community center or an assembly hall. The church here. I told you don't bless the icons with your veneration. I told you don't bless the relics with your veneration. I told you don't receive the blessing of Christ from the hand of a priest. I looked upon those sources of healing and I gave you the impression that they're sources of contamination, sources of corruption. So I ask your forgiveness because these blessed gifts of God are given to us for our healing, period. This is why God has given us icons. We venerate them for healing, to receive the blessings of those saints. And this is why in times past when the faithful had a trial or a sickness or a struggle, they rushed to the church. They rushed to the miracle-working icons. They rushed to the relics to receive the blessing and the healing. And I instead treated the icons like a door handle, something that we have to sanitize. And the holy relics, I treated them like the countertop in a store. So I ask your forgiveness. I want to be clear that you have no fear in the church. Here in the church, this is the place where God's grace abounds. Have no fear. Now also to be clear, we will continue to be obedient to our civil authorities. We'll continue, of course, wearing masks, having the social distancing, the things that our civil authorities ask of us because we will be blessed in our obedience. But I gave a mixed message because I said these are things that are needed. And so I'd like to correct that. These are things that are necessary in our obedience, but this is the place where God's grace is. If we don't believe that this space is different, that is an incrimination of our own faith. So it is a test of our faith. 
It's a test of our faith to say, this is something different. These are not simply doorknobs and countertops. These are the blessed items that God has given us for our healing. If you're still cautious, that's okay. I'm not saying this to compel you or force you to do anything. I just want to give you the freedom to know that you can have faith to seek healing in the place where healing abounds. So forgive me. Thank you.